Welcome to Marketing in Times of Crisis. It's where I get to chat to interesting business leaders about the steps that they're taking to weather the current crisis. I'm really excited to share with you this latest episode. It's an interview with Helen Gower, Business Strategy Director from GKR Scaffolding. Helen shares how GKR's business is built on relationships and how their priority always has been their employees and their clients, as well as collaborating with the wider industry. She talks about the challenges of being a largely site-based organisation and the need for authenticity and doing the right thing, not just being seen to do the right thing. It's a brilliant interview and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review as I'd love to hear what you thought. Thank you. Hi, Helen. Um, you joined uh, GKR after I left MACE, um, but I've seen a lot of what you've been doing on social media. Could you tell me a bit more about yourself and your role and what you do at GKR? Hello. And yeah, of course. Um, so my um, job title is strategy director, which basically means that I oversee the overall performance of the business. So I ensure that our business capabilities and our operational capabilities are in line with what the market needs and what our clients need. Um, and that we are delivering at a very high level by building high-performing teams. Okay. And in terms of GKR, can you tell us a bit more about them as well? So um, we are the eighth largest scaffold and access provider in the UK. Um, We're the only one in the top 10 that is still um, family-owned. We turn over approximately £30 million a year and we work predominantly in London and the South East. So we work with um, contractors like Mace, Multiplex, ISG, um, on some of the larger, more complex schemes. So um, we we worked with Mace, for example, um, a number of years now on the Shard. Yeah. Uh, where we um, we had to um, adapt to working at extreme height. Um, we invented tool tethering systems and um, material tethering systems um, to enable that um, that work to progress safely. Um, yeah. And we have become the standard for for safe working at height um, and working in very complex environments. Okay, brilliant intro. Um, In terms of kind of when I know that I initially invited you onto the podcast, you weren't quite sure it was right for you because you aren't doing marketing in a traditional sense. Can you explain what you kind of meant by that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I mean, as a business, we we do very little marketing in the traditional sense. So we don't advertise, for example, um, but we do focus on communications, um, social media being um, a very important channel for us but but all of our marketing is relationship led so it's about us uh, doing less of the the visible broadcast stuff um, and working with our clients um, building relationships with our clients um, and 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 perhaps you know sort of using that um, as a way to to leverage our profile um, at this particular time, um, in terms of marketing, whilst um, you know we are in a, in an economic and a health crisis at the moment, yeah, we we haven't done 
anything in particular at all. Um, we purposefully um, have been dark on our marketing channels. Um, and that has been in order for us to focus on um, internal communications with our staff. And okay. So communications with our clients as well. So for us, it, it, it's less about the traditional idea of marketing and more about communications. Brilliant. And what sort of things have you been doing with your staff in terms of communicating them? I guess maybe if we start from when lockdown lockdown first kicked in. Um, yeah, well, I think, you know, sort of just linking back to, to, um, to the previous question, um, for us, communications is about authenticity. It's about, um, you know, I used to always say if, you know, if the business is genuinely as good as we, we want to tell people it is, I I almost don't need to do any marketing. I just need to kind of open the door on the business and, and, and let the clients and the market have a bit of a window into what it is that we're doing. Yeah. Um, So you're completely open and transparent. This is who we are. Yeah. And it's just what we do. Absolutely. Um, Okay. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, the litmus test for me is, you know, whenever we put something out there in terms of communications um, is, you know, what would our employees think if they saw this particular post or this particular type of communications? And that's my way of checking that we are authentic. Um, So although we didn't want to tell people, you know, we didn't need to tell people what we were, what we were doing internally. Our communications um, was very focused initially on our staff. Um, Obviously at that time, after the country went into lockdown, um, we stood our people down first of all, indefinitely because we didn't know whether they were going to be safe or not. And obviously we, we, we furloughed, um, uh, well, all of our site-based staff because all of the, the sites that we were working on at the time were closed. Um, we had to keep them very informed. Um, so obviously that was that was mainly done electronically, but obviously with managers checking in as well. As our staff have returned to site, um, we've been a little bit more visible and a little bit more face to face. So a big part of my job these last few weeks has been getting out. I've, I've set myself the objective of um, speaking to every single member of staff so that they can understand the processes that we've been through, some of the decisions that we've made, give them some reassurance about the future and give them the opportunity to ask questions. So it's been very much a boots on the ground job and, and getting out there and speaking to people. How many boots have you got on the ground? <laughs> well, we got this question. <laughs> yeah, some very big boots as well. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, but we've got we've got about 150 operatives back out on site now. So um, okay. a, a, across about uh, 25, 30 sites. And what's the feedback you've been getting getting when you've been speaking to people? It's it, it's been brilliant actually. It's. Um, uh, you know, we, we have kept them very up to date, um, you know, via sort of more uh, formal communications and, you know, toolbox talks so that they understand, um, you know, the position that the business has been in, you know, what we're doing to adhere to social distancing measures, you know, what the implications are for for, for jobs. Um, however, I think hearing it firsthand from company directors um, definitely has an impact. There's, you know, sort of I, I tend to watch um, what everybody's 
is, you know, the body language as I'm talking to people. And when we do talk about, um, you know, job retention, but our expectation that the, the teams are running leaner because, um, you know, we, we can only have fewer numbers of operatives on site, but we expect them to give 120 percent. It's all hands to the pump. Um, yeah. They can help us drive the business forward. And you see the body language shift. And there's always one person who says, you know, that was the question I wanted to ask. And, you know, it doesn't take much for somebody to come out and explain it to us. Thank you. You know, it's you see that yeah. reassurance and hearing it from the leadership team is is really important. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because especially for people on furlough and things like that who are being brought back, it's how do you reassure me that this is okay and this is all going to work? Because it's, it's a scary time for everybody. Absolutely. You know, you can understand. I mean, these, uh, you know, the you know, we we talk about communications in time of a crisis, and you know, and we can talk about you know other recessions and and you know and other econ- you know times of, of economic difficulty. But yeah. this isn't just an economic crisis; this is a health crisis. Absolutely, there are human factors involved, and um, there are you know there there are decisions that need to be made, not just as individuals and about individuals' health, but but their families' health as well. So that it, when we were mobilising workers back to site. Um, you know, understandably, every single person was concerned. You know, they had to put a huge amount of trust in us as a business that we we had audited those sites. We had we had ensured that those sites adhered to the new site operating procedures. That we felt that they were as safe as they could possibly be. Um, that they had the right to speak up and tell us if they weren't happy with anything. Um, and um, and that's a very different type of communication. And yeah. um, we spent a lot of time time thinking through the behavioral economics of that you know making people feel really confident in us and uh, and the site the project that they were going back to um you know and, and and also working with our clients that they that they understand that that's a difficult decision as well and we you know we worked very closely with our clients and with industry bodies like build uk and and the clc um yeah because you know, at the end of the day it's us in the trades that have got the boots on the ground it's it's them that are putting the themselves at risk um coming back to work during the height of a pandemic and absolutely um, so so helping our clients understand um you know, the, the challenges in mobilizing workers and what they needed to do to help us build confidence in our employees that they were coming that they were coming back to a safe environment was really important as well so you know sort of tying that back to communications it's you know, from our point of view at GKR, there's a lot of thought leadership that goes into our communications and, um, you know, and, and helping our clients understand, you know, what the challenges are and what we can do together to overcome those challenges and really create that partnership. So how did you do the communications with your clients? Was it, did you write to them? Were you having calls? Was it meetings? Was it more of that kind of face-to-face, one-to-one thing? I guess every situation is different. Yeah. I mean, initially when we went into lockdown and we, I think we, we were probably one of the first businesses to stand our, our people down for 24 hours immediately after Boris's announcement, because, you know, the six of us on the leadership team, you know, we all jumped onto Microsoft Teams, sort of spent an hour going, what do we do? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Probably, you know, because he hadn't mentioned construction. He just said, well, if you can't work from home, you must go to work. It was ambiguous, wasn't it? It was was so ambiguous. And it was for such a long period of time. And, you know, we'd, you know, and I'm very proud of the decision we made that night because we'd, you know, as you'll have seen from our communications, you know, the last two years running up to to that point, we've been very focused on the the safety and the health of our people. We've got a very established program, an award-winning wellbeing program. Um, and, you know, for us to have just thrown that all out of the window because we, we were concerned about getting contractual or financial penalties for, for not turning up the next day, we just didn't feel right. Um, no. And I, we knew that we would not be able to look our staff in the eye again. Um, and, you know, we, we made the decision that night that set the, the, um, the precedent for all of our decisions moving forward, which was to put the safety and the health of our staff first. Um, so that, that, you know, when we stood everybody down for 24 hours whilst we worked out what was happening in the industry. Um, yep. Obviously, I had to write to all of our clients and explain why we were presenting a team site the next day, um, yep. and 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 explain why. Um, and and actually, we got some really great feedback from our clients. Quite a few people phoned and said, "Well done." well done even though the next day um you know a lot of sites were trying to work out how they stayed open um but um you know by the end of that week i think everybody was was talking about about closing their their sites um temporarily so that they could put the right procedures in place so i think that was it wasn't it yeah you needed time to do that. You couldn't. You couldn't do that and be operational. No, no, you just couldn't. You know, and we were part of some of the enabling works for that to happen as well. All the, you know, the extra staircases and things like mm. that. We, you know, we were we were part of that. And we, you know, we had little um, sort of emergency teams who were, were who were working on on small jobs like that. But but yeah, in the early early stages, it, there was a formality to that communication. Um, we've got some very good relationships with our clients, and particularly our MD Rosewell has some very good relationships and yeah. um, we were very and, and I suppose this is the legacy of, of, of the relationships that we've had moving you know up until this point in that the, the clients were proactively coming to us and engaging us and and asking us you know what we were doing telling us what they were doing um, you know we're part of you know we're members of Build UK so we yeah. were part of that, that that contractor network that was meeting um, regularly. Because um, it's, it's not something you could have done on your own it's it's we've all had to come together and 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 come up with how to how to work through this isn't it oh absolutely and i think you know if this has got to be one of the big takeouts from from this time it's you, you know we've we've always spoken to our clients about you know about the need for early engagement being involved early so that we can plan and we can we can do things better together um and actually i think it, we've realized that we can do that there are there are much more forums now um client-led forums where the supply chain are involved we're working together to try and sort out productivity issues and um, safety issues and those sorts of things so so hopefully this is that this will be a legacy that that continues um but but yeah just going back to to your question there's a real mix of our formal communications and, yeah. and and those informal communications. Lots of virtual meetings with the supply chain involved. Um, lots of one to ones. Lots of phone calls. And and even within our sector as well. You know, I'm, I'm speaking to you know the, the leadership teams in all of our competitors as well, and and so with the other directors, sharing information, making sure that all of our workforces were kept as safe as possible. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Because in this current time, you want everyone to be able to survive and to stay healthy, basically. it's it's And that's business and personal, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, sort of we were dreading, you know, our own staff becoming infected. Um, absolutely. We'd dread having a spike of infections on their project. So we, we had to be incredibly responsible. Everybody did. And, um, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, certainly from the, the, um, the part of the industry that we operate in, we, we certainly have achieved that. Okay. So in terms of tools that you've been using and communications tools and marketing tools, what new things have you introduced or what new things have kind of had to come to prominence during this time? Um, well, I think, you know, internal communication is, you know, it's, it's got to be the likes of Zoom and Microsoft Teams. And, um, you know, these are these are tools that, I'll be honest, we never used in this industry before. But, you know, my, my background is tech and digital. So I was very used to, you know, meeting with people virtually, um, dealing with people, you know, sometimes all across the world, across Europe. Um, you know, in, in different time zones. And it's just it's just not a way that we're used to working in construction. Um, but, you know, needs must. So we've all had to get used to, to video call and, um, <laughs> you know, spending a huge amount of time on Zoom every single day. And, you know, that's internally, that's been with our clients, that's been yeah. with our um, our teams out on site. Um, you, know, I, you know, I was explaining to you earlier, we have our Black Hats meeting on Zoom now every Thursday. Um, yeah. And it, you know, you know, sites all across London are, are dialed in so that we can be kept up to date, and and also the, the flexibility means that the whole leadership team can dial in and listen once a week to exactly what's going on on site. Um, so that's that that's really really powerful. And in terms of the Black Hat meetings, how would they have been run before? Um, well, we'd have had to take the guys off site and get them into the into the, into our office on on Tower Bridge. So yeah. it's um, you, you know that's downtime, which um, obviously impacts on on productivity. So um, so it's great that we can do this in an efficient way um, and and actually have all of them together. Usually we would you know we would split them up by we've got four different business units. So but okay. they're, they're they're hearing about what's going on in the different business units on different projects. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it, it, it's brilliant, actually, in terms of making us feel like we are one big team again. And I guess because I know one of the big issues whenever I've worked, you know, with contractors is actually the fact that you've got office based and you've got site based people. Has this kind of narrowed that divide of communication? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've you, you, I think more of us can um it can it can kind of keep in the loop with what's going on on site now much more easily. Um, you know, yeah. we've, got, we've got two different offices. We've got a, we've got an office in Kent where our sort of our logistics and finance hub is, um, and and then we've got the head office in London where we've you know we've got the, the, the leadership team and sort of all of the operational managers, um, and then obviously thirty um, you know potentially more than thirty um, projects across London. So we're a very dispersed workforce and. And, you know, the ability to get us uh, all together, even if it's virtually, um, is is fantastic. And it's, you know, we've it's really important for us that we we do see what is going on on site. Um, you know, I, I challenge all of our staff, regardless of the role that they do, whether they, you know, whether they work in our accounts department, um, you know, whether they're in an admin role, that everybody has to do two site visits a year. Um, it's really important that they go out and see 
our work, see what the working environment is like, um, you know, talk to um, the operatives that are on site and our management team on site and, and get a real appreciation for, for what it is that we deliver for our clients. I think so. Yeah. I think until you've actually visited a site, you don't know how they run. Absolutely. You know, you work, they work all weathers, yeah, you know, in, in small tight, you know, tight sites. It's, it's a whole different world. And until you fully appreciate how tough that is, absolutely. it's like, you can't do your job properly. Um, I, I, I do completely agree with that. Absolutely. And it's, and that's also a big part of our, um, our client communications. You know, as I was saying, you know, if we, you know, our, our, our you know, our market communications is, you know, is literally just opening a, a door or a window onto GKR so you can have a peek inside and see what we do. Yeah. Um, and that's really important for, um, for the whole market and our clients as well. So they can, they can see the, you know, the, 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 the good stuff that we do that, that, hopefully gives us competitive advantage but also get an understanding of of, you know of the complexity of the work that we do and change perceptions of 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 the people that work in our industry you know and the fact that you know you know I've got you know 200 plus operatives working for us who are all highly skilled smart people who work incredibly hard um, and have to adhere to lots of safety guidelines and do um and you know and and influence the culture of our business and i and i want people to see what you know what genuinely happens behind the hoarding and um, absolutely and great work that we do so so it is an opportunity you, you know the, uh, you know it's it's no um myth that you, you know that there, there are perceptions of people who work in construction there are perceptions of of of, of people who work in scaffolding um, and yeah. they're not always accurate. And so it's really nice to be able to show that to, to the rest a different of the side than what people think it is. Yeah. And our clients. Yeah. I mean, a great example, actually, because we, um, we launched some um, risk aversion training using virtual reality a couple of years ago. Yeah. And um, although it, it, it was built um, as a, a a training means, which it, it absolutely is, and it's been very successful. But because it was a, an, an industry first, obviously a lot of our clients have, have wanted to see it. So myself and, and our health and safety director, we take it out to show our clients and our clients' teams get to play with the demo version and we talk through some of the psychology behind it, et cetera. Yeah. And in a lot of those meetings, um, we take one or two of our scaffold operatives with us to, to, to help with the headsets and to also talk about the training and what happens to their team when they've been trained. Um, and I remember taking one of our project managers to one of these meetings and um, the health and safety director came up afterwards um, from the client and said, you know, you, you, you and Peter, brilliant, fantastic presentation. He said, but the person everybody is talking about downstairs is your project manager. Um, <laughs> you know, they just, they, you know, having such a great chat. He, he, you know, he was obviously different to their perception of, of somebody who worked in scaffolding. You know, Which is brilliant, yeah. It's just brilliant. And I, and I love that. And I, I just love to be able to, to get our clients in front of our people because it, yeah. it, um, that really does. They're your biggest asset, ultimately. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. More than anything, you know, their passion for what they do, what they know, their years of experience and training, Mm -hmm. and to actually put that in front of a client, that's, you know... That's yeah, just amazing. Absolutely, and you know, and I'm I'm very proud of them. So it's it's you know it, it, it's it's great to be able to showcase you know the people in our industry. 
So as we kind of continue this kind of transition out of lockdown and, and more things happening on site, do you think there's different things you're going to be doing as a business going forward in terms of how you communicate and what you're doing? Or do you think it's more of the same? I think I, th- I think in terms of our, you know, our, our strategy, um, it will be pretty much the same. I think the content okay. will be will be different. I think, um, you know, one of the reasons why we, we, we haven't done much external communications or broadcast communications over this period of time is, is out of sensitivity for the people who are affected by the situation. Obviously, there's, you know, the, the, the whole industry is going through a difficult time. Um, you know, there are people across the industry who are being made redundant, um, yeah. who are still on furlough, um, who may be coming back to work in a slightly different capacity. It's a very uncertain time. And obviously, people are still worried about sort of the, the health and safety side of things as well. So so I, I think we will, um, we will try to be respectful of that. It's not the time for us to kind of be shouting about how brilliant we are and and you know and how great everything is because yeah you know at the moment it's still massively challenging but I think there's still an opportunity for us to to show how we are responding um to to this particular situation um and also you know we we do try to lean on a bit of thought leadership as well and there's you know there's things that you know we are reading and and sort of trying to to roll into what we do in terms of you know behavioral economics and sort of influencing people's behavior change and those sorts of things and and I think we can we can start sharing bits of information as we're as we're learning um but but again it's still it, it will still be about that that authenticity just showing people what we're doing in response to to this particular situation um, but being very sensitive to the fact um, that it is a very difficult time. Um, we obviously will want to show, uh, well, to remind our clients that we are a stable business and that we are Absolutely. responding um, appropriately and we are the right sort of supplier and partner for them. Um, but, we will, we, but we will continue to do that um, in respect of the situation that, that a lot of the industry is in at the moment. So I guess a lot of it is going to be direct for you and just talk, keeping those existing relationships going and, and supporting supporting them to A, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and even yeah. more so, I think sort of, you know, when, you know, when I'm speaking to clients and obviously, you know, they're, they're in a difficult situation because they, they're the ones that have to build the confidence up in their own clients. You know, the, our clients are the, the, the principal contractors, but, but the, you know, the, the, the end client, um, you, you know, in terms of ensuring that uh, they can, you know, they can green light a build and, um, you know, and it not be affected by this particular situation we're in, you know, economically and in the ways that we've got to work. And obviously the market's getting incredibly competitive out there at the moment. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping there will be a strengthening um, and, and a deepening of, of partnerships within the supply chain and that, that hopefully our clients will will talk to us a little bit earlier. You know, when, when they're at, you know, when they're working on things at pre-tender stage, getting us involved in that early engagement yeah. so that we can be part of that team that's, that's helping to win business and bring confidence back to the market and to reinvigorate the, the pipelines again. I guess I say it's going to be so competitive going forward that everyone's going to need to put, I mean, realistic quotes out, but I think you're right, early engagement has got to be the way to get the best solution 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I suppose everyone's biggest fear is that, you know, people will, you know, will will to win. And, um, you know, and we don't want this to be a race to the bottom. Um, We Mm. want to, uh, you know, our our bid process is is very value led. Um, You know, we will always want to be competitive, but we want to understand how we genuinely add value to to any project and um, and to be able to to prove that and articulate that and be part of that right from pretender stage. Okay, so on to my final two questions. Um, in terms of marketing or communications campaigns during lockdown, as or as we transition it out of it, have there any been have there been any standout campaigns that you've seen and really thought were very very good? Um, I think I, I mean I'm I'm not sure that that, that many people have actually had. Um, sort of campaigns in the in in the traditional sense. So I think yeah. a lot of people have been very respectful of of this particularly difficult period of time and not using this to to their advantage. Sell, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's, it's got to be relevant. I know, you know, consumer brands potentially have, but but from a from a B two B sense and certainly in our industry. However, I think you know, sort of. There are examples of people who have remained relevant and been useful because I think that they're the two things you've got to be relevant and useful at this time. So it's got to be the industry bodies like Build Build UK have kept their members and the wider industry informed. And obviously, they've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes themselves in in terms of driving the guidance and the recovery and working with the CLC, et cetera. Um, But then also, you know, I always look at Mace as as a good example of of B2B marketing in our industry because I suppose they're probably what, you know, I would aspire for us in that they, you know, there is an intelligent approach to the information that they share. It's not just about look at us, look at the projects and and a lot of good sort of thought leadership um, uh, content that has been shared by Mace, um, which they've done a huge series on COVID nineteen, haven't they? Which Absolutely. has been very, very good. Yeah, Absolutely. but it's been very useful, kind of how to get back in the office, what you need yeah. to think of, those yeah. types of useful nuggets that we really do need. Yeah, because that's the stuff people aren't necessarily thinking about. And it's like when you mothball a building quickly, this is all the stuff you might not have Absolutely. thought of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's you know that's the kind of um, you know the kind of content we need and. Um, you, you know that's um, in a way they probably you know that they're they're trying to market themselves to the, the other side of the industry, but that's all stuff that's that, that's useful to us, which will will get noticed um, that they are supporting the wider industry with with, with information, with useful information, yeah, absolutely, good thought leadership. So um, so yeah, so had you know had I had the time and a bigger team, that's the kind of content I would have loved. With it. <laughs> you want to do a mace. <laughs> And in terms of kind of one tip you would give to business leaders at the moment that they what they should be doing communications marketing wise, what would you say it should be? Authentic. Um, okay. Just, just be authentic. It's um, you know the it, it, people see through marketing messages, and particularly at at this time. And I think you know there's there's a lot of evidence to to prove that actually keeping your marketing and your communications going through difficult times um, does pay dividends. It's I mean the the uh, economic recession we had back in two thousand and eight. I was on the different side of the fence 
accounts. And I was working in media and advertising at that time. So I was on a slightly sort of different side of things, but we saw ad spend decrease. However, the brands that did continue to advertise did see the um, did did see that pay off over the next twelve months in terms of sales and 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 brand awareness and those sorts of things. So, so I think if you can find a way to be useful and relevant um, to you know to keep that presence up, but do it in yeah. an authentic way and and don't try and use this particular situation um, as a way of of leveraging yourself. No, it has to be authentic. You've got yeah. to care. I mean, there's so many people impacted by this. Absolutely. So um, on that note, Helen, thank you so much for your time today. I've really, really enjoyed interviewing you. Um, and that's the end of this episode of Marketing in Times of Crisis. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing in Times of Crisis. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day to tune in. Check out the show notes for useful links, including my website, where you can find out more about everything featured today and how to get in touch. We're a new podcast, so if you like what you've heard, please do subscribe so that you never miss an episode and more people get to hear about us.